2: Howdy, everybody, and welcome to One on One with Jasper Cole. We are back live coming to you from Palm Springs, California on this very beautiful, I guess we could say fall like day. It was only in the 90s here. Woo, Get your jackets. Get your UGG boots and your and your gloves on because winter, (laughs) winter, winter is coming. Um, And that that amazing voice that you hear is my co-host, Miss Ralph Cole Jr. All right. Oh
3: God.
1: Oh, so, Get your other uh, boots on, Ralph. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I I didn't know if I was muted or unmuted, but that just made me laugh because you always call them you always call them snow bunnies or whatever, and I said, oh, I guess they're gonna be fleeing now, honey, because it's it's cold. Shit, it's ninety degrees. It's cold up in here, girl. Turn up, but turn on the fireplace. Well, oh, the good thing goodness.
2: is the coronavirus is keeping all the snowbirds from even returning this year, so. I don't know if they're coming back or not, but it'll be, listen, shout out to all my Canadian friends that we love, but you motherfuckers can't drive. So that's all we ah. can say. You, you know how in LA, Ralph, everyone makes fun of the New York drive, drivers. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, these. well, in Palm Springs, people, when we first moved here, we were like amazed how... People just talked about the horrible Canadian drivers and, oh, God, the snowbirds are back, you know. And now that we've been here like 15 years, you know, I find myself going, oh, God, are the snowbirds gone?
1: (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, in New York City, when I was living there... It was always the Asians from New Jersey, and they used to were so rude. They would be like, D.W.A. driving while Asian. Okay,
3: so... That's um, all
1: bad until your husband leaves you for one. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> or you marry one. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, my God. You we know. are so, so bad. The day my but boyfriend
2: I... turned Asian...
1: Okay. <laughs> coming oh. to a
2: theater near you soon.
1: So, Oh, you, that you can't get into. All the regal cinemas are closed, girl. We will have to do it all remotely. Oh, my goodness, be, Jeff. Be sure and renew that
2: equity card in 2020 like I did.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> When's that one-man show coming out again? Do yeah, yeah. Sure? <laughs> timing is
2: everything, isn't it? Go ahead and pay that $700 and renew that okay. card
1: in okay. January. And then shut down. Oh, my. With no reimbursement, girl. Zero. Okay. okay. (laughs) Zero. Okay. Oh, I am so so excited to be with you this week, as I am every week. We have a fabulous guest coming on. But before that, we have got – I don't care if it's breaking the news or what. We (laughs) have got to mention what has been happening in our society since our show last Thursday. Go.
2: Okay, first of all, it, it it's like it seems like a month ago, but do people realize that just since last Friday, Trump, we find out Trump is positive along with like five people at the White House. Then all of a sudden he goes, he gets airlifted to the hospital on Friday night. Then we have to put up with this bullshit bogus press conferences from the doctors who aren't giving us the real the real truth and then we all speculate does he really have it or is he faking it for sympathy and then all of a sudden he gets his fat ass in a car and and goes on a parade around the, the, the hospital potentially infecting secret service agents everybody meanwhile every day another one to two to three people fall victim at the White House all we can say is thank you Ruth Bader Ginsburg because you have you know brought the virus and it, it, they 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 think that it happened during the Amy Comey uh Barrett announcement of her potential uh appointment onto the uh Supreme Court. So the fact that they were all there in the Rose Garden on that particular Saturday and they all got infected. So we had to put up with that bullshit of obviously, you know, uh not not knowing if he's fabricating the whole thing, watching him do a parade then all of a sudden he starts telling us he's taking two and three experimental drugs that nobody else has taken it was just a cluster fuck of a weekend all leading of course into him then then you know him you know him getting back home coming back to the white house and you know starting the whole drama o- over again being on steroids yanking his mask off on the uh, on the steps of the White House and just acting like some Tarzan crazy person, um, you know it all kind of built up to last night's vice president debate. And I, for one, have been saying all along, I, I just don't think we need any more debates. And at least we were able to have the one debate last night, so we were you know history making with the first ever black female you know, um, candidate that was history-making, and we got to see that. So, um, you know, Ralph, it took us right up to to last night's debate. And so, I mean, what was your take on the debate last night?
1: Well, I feel that Kamala Kamala was excellent. And despite what people say about um, the other guy, the white guy, um, uh, <laughs> having some salient points. I, I can't even – The other, the other the white meat, meat. P- Pence. The, the, the yeah. other white meat. Kamala was very focused uh, to, our, to the live audience, to the American people, and she was very grounded and very um, sure of herself to say, hey, I'm talking, I'm speaking. Give me that dignity. She was really trying to adhere to the rules that each party had come up with. And mm-hmm. once again, the opposing side was not adhering to that. But I thought she made very, very good points. After the debate, they talk about fact checking. And one misleading thing she said was that she and Biden on day one would do something. And it was proven that you can't do that on the first day of being president. But I understand that what she meant was that will be the first thing on the agenda that we will address. And I felt that what just really angers me watching it, and Rose and I were watching it together, is how the lies are blatant. Like when mm-hmm. Kamala was mentioning about how um, the president would not denounce white supremacy, and then the white asshole was like, that's not true. That's a lie. And it's like, <laughs> it is true. We all saw it.
2: We saw you it. Know? Roll the tape. Roll the tape.
1: Roll the tape. And even when she was speaking about George Floyd, you know, he was like looking like, oh, no, no, that didn't happen. You fucking asshole. We all saw it.
2: And can we we just say, can we just start by saying he should have been quarantined to begin with? This is a man that was exposed to the virus over and over again. He, if he was not going to be quarantined, I mean, he didn't – he could have done a virtual remote debate from home or from a studio, but he should not have even been there. And do you know that originally he fought against even have the, the plexiglass installed on well, the stage? Well, it was
1: Kamala's team. Well, yeah, wasn't it? It was Kamala that insisted on it and to be twelve feet apart rather than six feet apart. And that other journalist, after the show with Nora O'Donnell, she was quarantining herself because she had been exposed. So, like to your point, he could have done the same thing. Well, like so, I was just but,
2: saying, right now you've got the president just you know strolling all over the White House. I didn't know until today that the the Oval Office is in between. The, the, you, to get from the residence to the Oval Office, he has to walk through the West Wing, which is full of people. And I didn't know quite how small the rooms were. They were, sh- they were all, the journalists were saying that the White House itself is very small. The hallways are small. The rooms are small. He's walking, just going to the fucking Oval Office, it, you know. And then also, Ralph, there's all these staff member people that work in you know janitorial and housekeeping and chefs all these people that have been getting sick over the last two or three months and it was never reported they were not allowed to report that staff members and these are like some of these people and predominantly people of color have been at the white house 30 and 40 years you know Mm. these are like these are like career people that that you know are like i said secretaries all the way down to the kitchen staff. Um, and it's just, you know, the only thing I can say is, as I was saying, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, just if you believe in karma or afterlife, the fact that that, that whole big, the the spreading happened at her, that Rose Garden event where they were nominating that fucking Amy Comer Barrett, you know, the fact that that's when it all happened, they pr- they're pretty sure, it's just so karmic karmically beautiful it's like they were hugging each other kissing on each other at that event a week ago saturday and now we also found out that um trump wasn't getting tested every day like he said he was he was getting tested every few days but now ralph being binary i was afraid you picked up on this during the press coverage because it made me really start to think about our working situation okay so they're basically saying That you can get infected, and it can take two to five days for the symptoms to show up, but also two to five days before you test positive. So two to five
1: days for yes, for the viral load to build up enough to show up. So
2: all of us that are going back to work and working on these shows, just because we're getting tested every morning, that doesn't mean that that negative test is real, because we. We have, we have a two to five day incubation period where it's not going to show up positive, even if we are.
0: Mm-hmm. It's going to
2: take two to five days. And that's what they so were saying. The reason, so- the reason Trump won't tell us when he actually had his last negative test, because they can go back and count and figure out exactly all the events he was at when he was actually positive and didn't, either he, he knew it and still went. Or the tests were not showing it yet.
1: I So see what these you're tests saying. So are for, not
2: reliable at
1: all. So for example, say you are, <clears throat> say you have it in your system on Sunday, mm-hmm. but you go to work, um, you go to the set, and you're tested Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Those four tests will be negative, but on Friday the test could come positive. Correct.
2: It, it could come positive. And, then, and so the problem with that is now at the same time, you could be really negative and you're not going to have any symptoms. So it's kind of like it's, it's back to what they talk about, the integrity of these tests. But when they start talking about trace contacting and you go back and you realize when they said that you could be – and then don't forget, there are asymptomatic people that are that are positive and are never going to test positive. They're mm. never going to show up positive.
1: Oh, They're really? Be, I didn't know that. Their test
2: is going to show negative. So it's it's it, that's back to the whole thing about even though we're getting tested, it, it, that's why we still have to be masked and gloved. And I'm now thinking, I'm I'm rethinking. You know, like on the movie set. You know, once we once like I said, there were many times when we were we they would say cut and i didn't have my mask on immediately and i would be standing talking I, if i go back to work now literally the moment the moment they say cut my mask is going on and the hands are being washed like i'm not going to assume that just because we all tested negative we're really negative well see, you,
1: that's such an interesting can't. point asprin <clears throat> Thank you for bringing this up and talking about it so eloquently because it's like, for example, on the project that you did, and I was saying to you, okay, well, you and your co-star are standing next to each other Mm face-to-face with no mask on because you felt confident that you both had tested negative. But they could have been false negatives is what you're saying. Luckily, it wasn't. Totally
2: false negatives. So the point I'm making is – I mean – and there's false positives also, but I, I would think, you know what? I don't care. I'll take a false. I think a false positive, I'd rather someone get a false positive and go quarantine themselves. You know what I mean? Like just err on the side of caution. That's okay. But the false negative is more dangerous because you're assuming that they're not negative. I mean, they're not positive. Well, and, sh- and so well, I'm going forward, like like I have a good friend, you know, we have a friend now that's back working on Days of Our Lives and – She's getting tested. They only get tested every three days. But now I'm starting to realize the every three-day testing might be why they're doing that. Because they realize that why waste it every morning when chances are it's the second or third day that, you're going to, that the real positive is going to come out. It could be the fourth right. or the fifth. But I'm understanding now. And the really only real, po- the most accurate is the PCR test. And that takes that takes a minimum of two days to get back. So these rapid fifteen minute tests that we're all taking on the set, they do have the biggest uh, margin of error. So the wow, only
1: yeah, because a the, of, the ones
2: that are like ninety eight percent sure are the pe- like the one I got at CVS in the drive through, and you have mm-hmm. to wait two days to get your results. Those are the most well, and again, accurate. Well, they're accurate, but. Let's just say it takes you five days to get your results. Well, hell, you could have been reinfected in the meantime.
1: Oh, my God. It's just such a que- I mean, I, I – you know, I uh, – as I, you know, I applaud you for supporting me in my decision to not return until things are more proven because of my mother. And, you know, you and I have a mutual friend who has been on a set. And just like you're saying, his response was, "Oh God, the test takes like five seconds. You wait twenty minutes. We're all negative. We're good to go." Well, mm-hmm. that's kind of living in a fantasy land or right. a hopeful land. You you want to believe that that's true, but we're it. That is not. I I know every nothing is 100%. But things could be 99% and then maybe I would have a little bit more confidence. You you're saying the all the right things. And even you who's not afraid of COVID, you're oh. starting to rethink like, well, well no, okay. I'm I'm here
2: honestly saying I I've, I've completely reevaluated now. I'm not saying I won't go back to work, but when I do go back now, I will not I will not engage with anyone. Well, I just, I'm not going to engage, to be honest. That's number one, without a mask on. Mm-hmm. And honestly, even even engaging with the mask on is going to be limited. I'm going to just go back to my dressing room. Like now I'm realizing I'm not going to take the risk of even, uh, you know what I mean? Being, I just can't take the risk
1: right hanging yeah. around other hanging around other people who are masked who who have tested negative you 're not even going to take that water i'm not going to get i'm
2: not going to get within six to eight feet of them yeah yeah not because, you know
1: another friend of ours that has returned to said I asked her, and uh, she was like no i I, I posed the question are you nervous when you have to remove your mask and start dealing with your other actors, even though everyone has tested negative? And she was like, no, I'm not nervous at all. And that's still just, you know, for me, I'm, it's, it just, when I think about how careful I am all the time and I get so nervous, like, Oh my God, I just touched a piece of mail and I forgot to mm-hmm. wash my hands. Oh, and I just gave Rose a piece of fruit. Oh fuck. You know, when I think <laughs> of myself going through that, you know, because like, remember our friend Jennifer, she was like, I was so careful and still yeah. got it. And I don't want to fall into that category. Well, where I'm well, just so- she
2: was so careful other than flying around the country. You know,
1: Oh, copy that. Copy that. Yeah. yeah Jasper, you, you know, it's point, almost
2: like, you know, you know how the people will say, I don't know why I'm, I'm I can't lose weight. I just I don't eat. I never eat. I don't eat a meal. And then I go, well, what did you have this morning? Okay, well, I had a pop tart. And then because I didn't get to have <laughs> breakfast. And then I had like four handfuls of nuts. And then I didn't have lunch. And then I have two big hunks of cheese. And, you know, I had some, <laughs> some pretzels. But I never get to eat, you know, I don't get to, and then I really didn't have dinner. I just had like four slices of pizza and it's like, oh, bitch, you just had like 17,000 calories. How did you not eat today? It's like when she was telling me that I'm like strolling, you know, scrolling through the Instagram I'm going, here you are at the Miami airport. But I mean, she had her mask on and she had gloves on, but I'm just saying she's in Miami, you know she's in chicago it's like well i mean don't act like you, you couldn't have been exposed
1: right you know and and back to our leadership in the government it's so sad that even with his alleged sickness going to the hospital and being released why couldn't you why couldn't you say okay guys i get it please put on your mask and you know let's really get down to business rather than saying don't let it overrun your life Okay yeah, but remember you-
2: Ralph remember the first video that he pre-recorded before he left he he what remember the first one was very humble guys this is very serious um you know i masker he did a whole thing his first one was like cuz i think he was really scared you know but mm-hmm. then after he got pumped with all those experimental drugs that nobody else would ever get and then and he's on roid rage then of course he's like full on I'm healed. I'm cured. You know, it's – everything's perfect. So, you know, yeah, what I is don't it, know.
1: What is the rest of the, the <clears throat> planet Earth besides America thinking about us? Like, to your point about back to the debate last night, <clears throat> why was Pence even there? Because wasn't Pence at the Rose Garden function? He was, yeah. He
2: they, yeah. He should have been – that's what I was saying about – about quarantine so you know the thing is we we're going to do we're going to do another breaking the news um uh, at the end of this month and we're going to get because can you imagine between now and the end of the month how much other stuff is going to happen but at this point it's time to get to our guests because we are so excited today we we, we have a journalist in fact he is actually called the power journalist um he's a writer he hits he's basically known for right now he's already written over 13,000 articles a little bird told me today it might actually be now 14,000 i also heard that he is on a on a on a quest to break his own record and get up to 25,000 articles we do love a competition um, so without further <laughs> ado please welcome today's guest marcos papadakis how are you, buddy how are you <laughs> Welcome. Thank you for having. me. Thank you. Now, did Hi. I did, did I butcher did I butcher your last name?
3: No, that was fine.
2: Oh, perfect. Okay, because <laughs> I, I I listened. I try. I I googled you and I heard different three different uh, pronunciations. So I figured <laughs> you probably have heard it said so many different ways, right? Exactly. Hey, um, Marcos. This is Ralph. Welcome to the
1: show. Thank you for having me. Oh, you are more than welcome. Honored. Now, listen. We want to make sure, Marcus. Even though the three of us are all uh, coming to each other remotely, I want to make sure that you have your PPE um, equipment <laughs> at hand and the fly swatter. Okay.
2: And the fly swatter, sure. exactly. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, first of all, congratulations on all your success. And um, I was mentioning that uh, that you've you've written it thirteen thousand, but I heard from my producer JR that maybe it's now fourteen thousand, or is that right? Or fourteen or who's...
3: thousand and county, yes, correct.
1: Fourteen and a. Fourteen thousand yeah. and fourteen and a half years, so that's a thousand a year, Marcos. Almost, yeah. Yep. Well, well and I also read that you interviewed one of our. I'm sorry. Go on. Yeah, you're right. You're like nine hundred and thirty or forty a year around there.
2: Wow, wow. that's amazing.
1: And well, I see I that you I read that you interviewed one of our very dear friends, Patrika Darbo.
3: Oh, I love Patrika, yes,
2: yes. Yes. Well
3: we're yes, finding we, out. We love Ralph, Patrika
1: I, also. We're
2: finding out Ralph that Marcos yes. loves Marcos is a fan of uh, of our show, Bronx SIU, which I'm a producer on. Yes. So I wanted to say first of all, Marcos, thank you for the, the articles you did on with Shanti and Brian and all your support of the show. Um, I love that show. It's filmed in New York, how could I not? Right, <laughs> exactly. But you know, Ralph Marco's also like us. Loves the Bay and Studio City, and um, I, you know, we've we've been blessed to have so many of the same actors. And we had Gregory Martin. We had Sean and We had so many people on as well. And it it also works out when it's great when you're actually a fan of the work as well right i mean mm-hmm. for you um marcos have you it, it was pop culture and entertainment something you were always drawn to tell us about your your history and your beginning and growing up and how you got attracted to this whole crazy industry
1: well yeah like i
3: started off here in the with country music on long island and it was taboo at the time and uh, in high school nobody wanted to publish any of my country articles and uh It took me until college to get myself uh, for people to take me seriously. So I started off with the Queens College newspaper, the Night News, and everything from there catapulted to the stratosphere.
2: Wow. So so what an anomaly in many ways. So here you were writing about country music because, you know, I don't think a lot of people don't understand. The the country music world, the fan base spreads out everywhere. A lot of times we think it's just the South. You know, or Nashville, or whatever. But so, were you? So, you were a country music fan to begin with? Yeah, that... at the
3: time. But back then, we didn't even have a country station in New York, so it was really taboo at the time. In like oh, two thousand and one, wow. two thousand and two, two thousand and three. Cool. So it was, yeah.
2: Now let me ask you: Were are you um are you fans of old school country like like uh, Conway Twitty and Loretta yeah. Lynn? Or yeah, okay, yeah. okay. 'Cause you know, growing up in Georgia there I was exposed to all of that, you know, and and it's there's there's I call it the old school and then there's the new the new country. Traditional, yeah. The more yeah, traditional. I the traditional. I love
3: I love the, you know, the steel guitar, the fiddle, the crying, yeah, you know, the crying of the steel guitar.
2: Yeah. yeah.
3: The stories. I love the I love the lyrics back then. I feel they don't make them like that anymore.
2: Which just reminded me, I wanted to take a moment to say uh, our condolences for Eddie Van Halen's passing um, yesterday. Yes. Would it talk, you know, talk about a guitarist and a musician? Um, he certainly touched a lot of people's lives. So anyway, I digress. I just wanted to put that out there. But now, are you that's musical great. yourself at all? I sing.
3: Yeah,
2: you do sing. Okay, that's you that's know, the main thing.
3: I can't sing, but yeah.
2: Well, yeah, you love you love to sing. Who cares if it's good, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
3: Marco, give us eight bars. What's that? I'm
1: sorry. Uh, give us eight bars <laughs> since you love to sing. Okay. I'm putting you on the spot I and lay-
2: <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a? Um, do you remember the very first? article you wrote on about the country music industry that got published i guess yeah. or that got
3: that got published uh
2: yeah because in
3: prep nothing got to me seriously
2: right oh yes
3: that was my first that was my first interview ever chuck wicks yeah and now he's like a country radio personality chuck wicks oh. it was my first interview ever
2: and how would back now what year are we talking about are we talking about 2000, 2000 the early two uh, 2006, early two 2006,
3: 2006 that was my February six to uh, February sixteen 2006 was my first article ever published.
2: Wow! And so, were you? Did you? Were you seeking out? Do you found him on your own? Was it through, you know, uh emailing and record social label. media? Record, record oh through record, the record yes. label. Okay. Yeah. So well, it's fascinating. Now, how, congrats on the Digital Journal, of course, because that's sort of where people probably know you best from, right?
3: Oh, yeah. Everybody knows me yeah. from the Digital yeah. Journal, yeah.
2: And, well, listen, in this crazy time, not we're not going to talk politics at all, but just in terms of, you know, the free press in general, it's, it's, you know, I don't think a lot of people understand how important it is that we have the free First Amendment and press and and interviews Absolutely. and – you know what, what what is your take on one let me ask you do you think do you think the press has been uh misaligned at all and you know and I know there's there's two views on everything about the press but um there's good journalism and bad journalism is that correct or would you say there's a a yeah, gray area absolutely. in the middle Mhm
3: Absolutely good and bad good and bad And and so what to be on the- anti TMZ that's what makes me stand out I'm the anti TMZ journalist
2: the anti sort of tabloid right the anti yeah, yeah. salacious tabloid um which unfortunately it, it's a it's a it's a slippery slope right because in in the our business of show business of course you know it's it's you kind of have to try to tread lightly right because tread lightly because you want you want the press but you know, I always say you want you want quality press over quantity press. I guess.
3: Yes, but at the same time, I don't want nothing taken out of context. You know, in the articles that I write, that's why I want to be. I try to be as succinct as possible. Like, with me, in forty in the fourteen thousand plus articles, only three people ever claimed that I misquoted them, and I was right because I had everybody on tape. So, and still, mm-hmm. only three times, which is a pretty good statistic. Like ninety nine point nine percent accurate so yeah
2: that's amazing you do record that's i was gonna I ask record. you yeah I you do record your, like, yeah
3: in case that ever comes back to me i'm like look you said this 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 and right. most of the times it's not because i misquoted them it's because they didn't like their answers that's what happens
2: right yeah.
1: right so well, I, I, want, to our
2: I wanted i wanted everyone to know that they can follow um follow you on twitter at at power Journalist on power Instagram, journalist. it's yeah. the power journalist on on Instagram yeah, I, and digital journal. It. They can digitaljournal dot com and um, yeah, they, can, they fill can the
3: articles.
2: Yeah, they can Google you and find all the all the stuff. Yeah. Now, are, do you have do you have a a set schedule of articles that you that you put out at Digital Journal, or do you just do it uh, on your own and they post it, or or do you have to or do you have to turn in X amount of interviews? I post them myself. I post them. Okay, got it. Yeah. So what? Okay, so you started with the country music, and then how? What? Wh- how did you sort of venture into just all around celebrities? I think is, were you a soap opera daytime fan also?
3: Cause the only one I watched when I was a kid was Passions. If you want to consider that a soap opera, oh it was yeah, like so of course. Natural, but- that was the only thing. But then all the other stuff I didn't like three years ago, I was asked to do one soap opera interview back with Scott Clifton when he won the Emmy. And then sure enough, then word got around how good I was. And then it came snowballing. Everything came snowballing after I was never meant to be a soap opera drop <laughs> in life.
2: Well, they, you know, I say that about show business always. We like a lot of us think that we, we think we know what our path's going to be. Right. And then we look back and we go, Oh yeah. my God, I, like, I thought I was going to be, like, a stand-up comedian, sitcom actor, exactly. and I'm a serial, a serial killer, and Ralph thought he was going to be a rocket <laughs> Exactly. <and now laughs> so a
1: radio,
2: radio he rocket, yeah. Yeah, and now he's just on radio, but that's okay, Ralph. Right.
1: <laughs> but I'm still kicking my legs up, <laughs> yeah, even though I'm on the radio, yeah.
2: And your, and your voice <laughs> will be heard, right?
1: Yes. My voice, I'm speaking, I'm speaking. Oh yeah. my
2: God. Exactly. You know no, I'm gonna be Mar- saying
1: that to you forever, Jasper, because of last night's debate. Marcos, we had this running joke, Jasper and I, because I'm always wanting to get my voice heard and making sure that I'm included in things. And now that Kamala has set the bar so high and being so eloquent and being able to just say look at her opponent and go, I'm speaking. I'm speaking, <laughs> yeah, with her beautiful smile. Yeah, you know, yeah. so I am going to be throwing that into Jasper's face from now until we die. Okay, well, Jasper, well, thank you. Mar-
2: Marcus. when we used to be in the studio, I had the ability to just mute his microphone, you know, but like, which they, sh- they, sh- they should do with the political debates. But um, let me ask you, have you interviewed politicians along the way at all?
3: Not that many, because I don't know, r- rarely, a few occasions, yeah, but uh, yeah. It just uh, they don't come to me as often.
2: And and do you find well and also do you find when you're doing the celebrity uh, interviews do 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 you do 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 they talk politics at all or do you find a lot of people want to stay away from it especially in today's climate? Some some
3: talk a lot about it, but I'm like I'm not putting this in my article because somebody's gonna take it the wrong way or out of context, mm-hmm. so I just don't put that in there. Exactly. I'm doing everybody a favor that
2: yeah right. I kind of had that i had that thing about my on my show too my whole thing is like Ralph and I will do like our our opening and we'll talk politics or whatever but I would never invite someone on my show and you know put them on the you know talk politics i, I you could see i could see
3: it on their twitter feed it's the same thing
2: right exactly and it's like me i my personal social media i use for for political stuff, but my like professional pages, I don't, you know, cause I don't want to mix the, the business with the, the personal when it comes to stuff like religion and politics. So, um, but yeah, I'm just always fascinated by, cause I've just been, I've been doing the show now for 10 years and I get to interview, uh, people and I've just always been fascinated by people's stories and like what their, yeah. you know, their, their beginnings and stuff like that. Um, do you find that with, with actors in in general, do you find a common thread sometimes with all of us? Is it talking about uh childhood <laughs> childhood experiences yeah. or you know, like what, what makes us want to do this crazy business?
3: Yeah, you have to like uh you have to not be in it like a hundred percent and not want anything else. It's like a calling,
2: I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah it's it's uh, marcus
1: do you have publicists seeking you out to have their clients interviewed by you none two
2: thousand a day yes (laughs) wow that's amazing and is there i mean you obviously obviously we know this because we have publicists but you you build a rapport with certain publicists and you've worked with them and you you know their clients and um i would think now because of social media and all the different ways people can get to you it's you're bombarded i would think i am that's the
3: hardest thing is who to say no to every day i only say six to eight yeses a day so it's hard wow it it's hard.
2: wow mm-hmm. it, yeah it's hard um what is what's upcoming what's your upcoming articles that people can look for and when's uh what's the current ones
3: I do a lot on swimmers these days because they're getting ready to compete in the International Swimming League on next week, actually. So the whole month I've been uh, finishing up the swimmer interviews before they go overseas.
2: Oh, wow. That's great.
3: I do sports as well. Yeah. At the same time I started soaps, I also got into the sports and swimming world. So that was like a nice treat.
2: hmm Well, especially, I mean, with uh, unfortunately, we had to miss the Olympics, you know, because of... Because of yeah. COVID, and but it's hard I'm... for
3: everyone. Like I, my heart goes out to them because all it, it 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 hit them all very hard. You know, they were they had the sights set high on Tokyo, and now they're all like a year later. It's hard because the older ones are getting older, and the younger ones are getting stronger.
2: Mm-hmm. So it's tough right. being
3: an athlete in this.
2: Yeah. Well, well yeah, yeah.
1: Now, how it. does a swimmer wear a mask? Excuse me. Well. I was thinking, how do swimmers wear masks to protect themselves when they're working out and training? They don't, I guess.
2: Well, swimmers have, they those, those... they have, they
1: have the chlorine, so they're lucky. They have the chlorine.
3: Well, it kills everything. I see.
2: I guess, hopefully. But um, you know what I was thinking of? I was thinking about when we are kids, you know, the masks you wear – to go underwater and look at yeah. things like they cover your the entire snorkels, yeah. Snorkels, yeah, that, yeah that 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 was the yeah that's kind of now they just do the goggles for the eyes but um is there a particular sport yeah. that you're uh you know that you're a go-to fan of are you a baseball uh football over baseball track or and you kind of track, track and field okay did you do that, did, I love that were, yeah. did, you, did you participate yourself as an athlete when you were yeah. younger or okay
3: in the 90s when I lived in Greece, I did triple jump. Yes.
2: You know, so yes, Greece is one of, you know, Greece is such uh, here in this country, I grew up, you know, Greece had this sort of magical, mythical quality about it for me. And um, I know the country went through some hard times financially in the last years or whatever, but it's because it's still one of the Americans favorite tourist spots. I have friends that have gone there and, I'm still dying eventually to get there. Um, do you miss parts of Greece?
3: Yes, the islands are so beautiful there. Like, And it's, it's siesta time. The whole town sits down for five hours, and everybody watches American
1: soaps with Greek subtitles. <laughs> <It's interesting.
2: laughs> That's amazing. For well, five you know, Marcus,
1: um, Jasper is from Athens, so there's, right. there's that.
2: Athens, Georgia. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> um, Yeah, when did you when did you move to New York?
3: Well, I I was born here, but then we moved there for five years from like a 94 to 98, and then I I went uh, did my growing up my formative years there. So it was interesting.
2: Did you did you serve in the military there?
3: No, I was just too. Um, I'm going to be 35 next week, so I was too young at the time.
2: Okay, because I didn't know they used to have that. Do they still have the mandatory military service? Yeah. for? Okay. But I, yeah.
3: I'm born in America, so I will not have right, to worry you about that until I'm 45. It. And then, yeah, yeah I'll be <laughs> too old they, by then. Yeah.
2: And then they don't want you, right? You're like, oh, I'm too exactly. old. Exactly. the whole point. Yeah. yeah exactly.
3: <laughs> I'm too busy interviewing to do military. I can't oh, do my military. God. That's Please, so funny. have people to interview.
2: Ralph, have you been to uh, Greece in all your travels?
1: No, I have not been there yet. I don't know when You're I'll ever get to out. go, but.
2: Gotta go. Say so, what?
3: What did you say, Marcos? Dude, you're missing out. You need to go to Greece. It's one of the most
1: beautiful countries in the world. No. no yeah, Hopefully one day I. Hopefully one day I will be able to. Under this current climate, not going anywhere.
2: Yeah, I guess. But, yeah, they're pretty.
1: They're pretty. Yeah, they're pretty. Their their rates are so
3: low. It's really nice. Uh, COVID there in Greece.
2: You're right. You know, come to think of it, I have. You really don't hear much about the outbreaks or, you know, the pandemic there, which, which, like you said, if we're not hearing about it, that means they've got, they're doing a good job of keeping it, you know, under control. I know, um, my
3: whole island, the whole time only had one case. My whole oh island, my God. the whole time. So.
2: That's amazing.
3: That.
2: Now, they took the lockdown
3: how, seriously there. They like, everybody like, were in their houses. So, yeah.
2: Now, how, how were you t- being in New York during this time? Are you, are you in the city yeah. or... Yeah.
3: Long Island. Long Island.
2: Okay. So, I mean, because oh, every New York was hard hit, and then you guys really pulled it together. And it's, and now I, I understand now there's some hot spots, you know, but that's understandable yeah. when people start going back to school and, you know, cool, you, you kind of, yeah. So it's. Um, Marcos,
1: this is interesting. I'd like to ask you about when you said that Greece shut down. The, yeah. the the consciousness of of your culture really adhered to that rule. It sounds like like people because just stayed indoors.
3: They were caught outside. They would give them a fine, and nobody could afford a, a hundred fifty euro fine there. So, so everybody's like, well, staying
2: home. Right. That that's something we should have done there. But you know, guys, it's sad. But it's almost like. It 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 talks. I mean, somebody said in a focus group last night, an, an undecided voter said, "You know, part, you know, you can't blame the government for everything. Um, Americans, we made the choice to not wear the mask. You know, there's certain people. Yeah. Uh, there there are those of us that just didn't care, basically. You know, we 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 put our needs before others, and that's become a very ugly American." Uh, stereotype that's gone out across the world, and I think when you're talking about Greece and certain other cultures, even in Italy, you know they yeah. they they knew that it was better to try to protect everybody and not just take care of themselves. So hopefully one day you know we'll get back to that. But I think that's a that's a whole different culture as well that a uh, uh, spoiled Americans. I say that we're all Americans here on the on the call, but you know it's um, yeah it's embarrassing sometimes. <laughs> I agree. Just people's, you know, their, their need to be, I want what I want right now. Um, Now, do you have mm-hmm. kids, Marcos? Nope. Not yet. No kids. Okay. So you're not dealing with the homeschooling or any of that stuff. No. Nope. Yeah. Wow. Tell me what are the, um, what are the entertainment stories right now that, that, like you're most drawn to are, you know, what's the stuff in the news right now that besides COVID, because everything gets painted in a COVID, you know, just in terms of the industry, you know, there's no movies right now and just seeing how everyone's having to reframe, I guess. And are you watching, are you doing a lot of streaming, a lot of binging on Netflix?
3: Whatever they send me to review, because I'm always working. I love it. Like, but uh, it's fun. I don't, I don't um between I don't differentiate work and pleasure, so that's a good thing I guess. But sometimes it can be overwhelming because the choice, the options to like stream are like endless that they I'm being sent every day, so it's like pick and choose.
2: Yeah, it's amazing. Do you, do you, I mean now that we've gotten so used to staying home, doing the streaming and the screeners and stuff, can you imagine like what it's? Do you think going back to a, a say, a premiere or a, a screening, do you see that day ever being back to where it was? No, I do yeah. not. Nope. Yeah, I mean, in some ways... Everything's a little Ralph, different from now on. Yeah, Ralph and I have talked about that. You know, there's always, with, with the horrendous stuff like a, the coronavirus, obviously, you, you know, the horrible part of the death, like but... The red carpet there's interviews.
3: A, I don't see those ever happening again, red carpet interviews. Oh, my
2: God. Can you imagine? like
3: yeah it's gonna be like in cubicles remember with like i don't yeah. know it's gonna be crazy
2: yeah i i mean but and then that, a lot of people don't understand that cuts into a lot of business you know there's there are um event companies that do j- nothing but plan those kind of parties and the red carpets exactly. and yeah so it can be really it can be a really um devastating to the industry but you know what i think like you said we're all learning to kind of reframe and regroup and show business will go on, you know, we're all always going to want entertainment. And uh, Absolutely. So, us, so you're, you've got that you've set this personal goal of 25,000 right now. Is there a time limit on that? No,
3: no time limit, but yeah. Yeah. I was shocked that I did 14,000 so quickly, but yeah, with the cold, with the pandemic, I was stuck at home writing. So it was
1: interesting. Right. Well, and you'll you have no it. problem meeting your goal, uh Marcos, because, you're turn, You're only answer, You're only saying yes to six to eight per day. Yeah. So you you can pick and choose when you want to meet your goal. You know. Exactly. And, um, and because you're so prolific and so sought after, you and, and during this pandemic, you're you're still able to work because you can do everything remotely.
3: Of course. I'm busier than ever now. I don't think people realize that they think I'm. I'm not busy, but ever since, like, all I receive all day is pitches because everybody's on their computer. The publicists aren't on planes traveling anymore. So it's, yeah, it's
2: crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Right. No,
3: good and, for you. And Fridays is the worst because it's New Music Friday. So every new song in the world comes in my inbox, press release wise. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah.
2: Now, Fridays you...
3: are, that's why I dread New Music Fridays every week.
2: <laughs> because you get bombarded with the all the new releases.
3: Yeah. And I go for the heavy Did, hitters. I'm like, I, if I know the song's going to go number one, I'm going to say yes to it. But if not, it's, chances are I'm going to decline it. Because how I'm, can I'm you predict that a song ones. is going to go number one? I have a good ear. Like 51 Men in Country went number one after me after a Marcos interview. So I have a good ear. Like what I would go for lyrics, production, and melodies. I have a good, and if it's relevant at the time, socially and mm-hmm. culturally, I know. I know. That's God, that's so great, Marcos,
1: because now these <clears throat> these managers of these musicians are going to clamor to get to you because it's like, God damn it, if we get interviewed by Marcos, your shit will be number one.
3: That's yeah. a good thing. But at the same time, set end of that, then once the same artists reach a certain level, then they don't make yourself, themselves available to you, which is unfortunate. That's the sad part. Mm. Right. Because I've had I've had tons that are still awesome to me in grade And then a lot of them, once they reach the level, like, okay, they're not available for interviews anymore because now they only do Rolling Stones. So I'm like, darn it.
2: Wow. Uh, <laughs> wow. Well, like, listen, I can't, I can't say it enough. Is what it Congratu- is. Congratulations on all the wonderful Thank people you. you've interviewed. And just the fact that you get to do, you know, sports and entertainment and pop yeah, the culture and, mu- it keeps and music. Yeah, I like the fact Music that you just, you know, you're not locked into one genre, which is really, exactly. really exciting. Exciting. And I again... The sports um, are the most
3: challenging place. You have to do your research for sports. People don't realize. You have to know the sport. You have to know the times, the strokes. Like, yeah, all these, it's a lot. It's a lot statistics. of... Statistics,
2: yeah. Don't exactly. Well, this I mean... yeah, And this, and you know, sports have been hit so hard with with COVID too. And you, you see how they teams try to come back and then they get shut down. And so it's like one step forward, one step back. So, well, again, thank you so much for coming on the show today. And I want to thank you again for the support on Bronx SIU and the Bay and all of our favorite, favorite, I love those favorite actors and, and J.R. Rosenberg, my co-producer, and he just speaks so highly of you. So I'm so glad we got to finally meet. And, uh, Hopefully that's we can uh, do an interview one day. Ralph and I will We will, we to. will, I promise. That would, be, that would be amazing. So, again, stay safe out there. Everyone check out um, at Power Journalist and at The Power Journalist. And also go to digitaljournal.com. Oh, quickly, Ray, uh, Raver Magazine, are you yes. – do you have stuff – that right there as well, right?
3: Yeah, I'm a managing editor.
2: Congratulations. That's, been, that's so cool. Everyone check it out. Thanks Marcos. We'll talk to you
1: soon. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Bye bye Marcos. Thank you very Take much. Care. <laughs> wow,
2: that's amazing. It's so weird, it, you know, cuz we're used to interviewing people but it, not in a print form, you know. So um and and it's interesting because I, writing in general is such a, a solitary thing, right? It, you you're kind of alone when you do it, and I think exactly you really have to you have to have a love for it.
1: Well, what I like that he said is that he's very succinct in what he writes, so he won't be misquoted, you know. Right. And that's been the bane of everybody's interview is like, no, I didn't say that. Oh, I wish I wish they had gotten that right what I had said, you know. So kudos to him for maintaining that integrity. Uh, What I meant to ask him is, does he have any kind of assistant? It sounds like he's doing everything himself.
2: Yeah, I think he's like a one-man show. But again, I think it's probably uh, easier when everything is either on the computer or or social media, you know, DMs and Mm -hmm. inboxes and stuff like that. Or Probably not even have, other than probably doing the interviews on the phone, you know, taping them. Um, especially now, I mean, I don't know that he did that many in-person interviews because it, it, you know, more than likely he probably does them over the phone. So, um, well, Yeah.
1: I mean, even with our interview today with Marcos, there's already, you know, one part of the research said 13,000 and it's really 14,000, you know, so right there, there's a discrepancy. Yeah. I think,
2: like I said, I think ever since his, um, the press that's out there now on him, that's why J.R. called to say, oh, guys, he's already, it's already up to 14,000, you know, from
1: right, right.
2: when when the his bio says uh, 13. So, and, you know, we can't, again, Googling someone, half the time this stuff's not right anyway, so.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you know, that's why they do those fact checks after the debate, you know, because if they didn't, you know, we'd all be walking away with certain information that wasn't true at all. Speaking of the debate... Okay, fly on his head. Go.
2: Oh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg.
1: I I just think she's orchestrating everything. Yes. (laughs) I sent the fly. I sent the fly. (laughs) I mean, I think she sent
2: COVID COVID to the Rose Garden. Because don't forget, um, last month, Melania butchered the Rose Garden. She dug up all those trees in the Rose Garden. So she already butchered the Rose Garden to start with. And Jackie Jackie O had planned that rose garden, and it's never been changed since she decorated. Why did Melania it the, do
1: that? Because she wanted something Because she's a
2: cold hearted bitch. She just wow. doesn't. She's like you know Eastern European, and you know, got ice in her fucking blood. I mean, listen, her best friend that her book came out. Um, her best friend of ten years wrote a book because they were slandering her. And she just she released those audio tapes where you hear Melania talking about decorating for Christmas. She's like, ah, who the fuck wants to decorate the White House for fucking Christmas? And she's like the mother of a of a twelve year old. She's just a well, nasty, I'm... cold cunt.
1: Okay, this is something I'd like to ask you, Jasper. Soon
2: I mean, allegedly. Oh my God! I mean, she's welcome because after she's out of all, after they leave, our show is probably the only place that would even have her. So she's welcome (laughs) here anytime.
1: (laughs) I love, I love that. It's just like our show is probably the only one that like would accept her. So we
2: are gladly extending invitations now to any current White House or former Trump administrators, anyone from the White House that would like to come talk to us after they leave the White House, because no one else is going to talk to you. So come on over here to One on One with Jasper Cole.
1: Oh, my God. Let me ask you something. I felt the moderator, Susan, um, as you know, I'm politically not in the know about things, but I've seen different comments online that say, fire Susan. Why are people saying that?
2: Well, you know here's the thing i i I think it's it, it's the second thankless job after hosting the Oscars, right? I mean, like Chris Wallace got slammed first of all if, unless you can unless you can cut their mic off I mean, now I mean what unless you can physically get up and punch him in the face and make him stop talking, I mean, you can't make a human being stop talking, right? So all she could do was try to interrupt him. But, you know, I love it. I think they should have the kind of – I think Ellen does the thing, or she had a game show where the floor opens up and you drop through the floor. <laughs> like, wouldn't it be great if, like, they asked you three times to quit talking and then they just push a button and the floor opens and you drop that through? That would be
1: so fa- – oh, so that's why they were saying fire her, because she couldn't get him to shut up? Well, yeah, but it's like, well, how do you – you know, and then poor Kamala,
2: because, you know – The comma that we've all come to love is she will cut your throat, right? We've seen her in the Senate. We've seen her in these interrogations. But, you know, unfortunately, she can't come off as the angry black woman. So, you know, because now she's the vice president. She's not the president. So she's trying to not come off as the angry black woman because, God forbid, Patricia in – Tennessee and the suburbs gets upset, you know that a a black woman is angry. So she she was trying to like be uh, cordial and follow the rules because you know I wanted her several times to just tell him to shut the fuck up. Like Biden told Biden told Trump, man, just shut up. Last week, yeah,
1: but then she would have been lambasted for that, you know. And to your point, they would have been like, this is why we can't have a black woman in office because that's how she's gonna act.
2: You know, and but she she I already do... has that she already has that reputation because she's such a barracuda in all of these Senate hearings, you know, and, and don't forget in the presidential debate she just mauled Biden, you know, she went after him big time. So everyone expected that. I think it was great that she showed this other side where she was very right. beautiful and kind and, and but concise and but yet patronizing at the same time. Well, yeah, which she was what very
1: gracious. Well, one thing I liked about Kamala is that she 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 let her realness come through. Like, I love when she looks at the camera and goes, "Y'all." When she says, "Y'all," it just makes it so real. You know, it's like, "Y'all, come on." Now, if you knew on January 28th that this was which was my anniversary of Michael and I marrying, by the way, the 28th, oh, come Thank you, but if the, the way she would look at the camera and go, "Y'all, if you knew on January 28th that this was all going down, maybe you would have had some wherewithal to go like, okay, we need to save some money, we need to stock up on something." That makes her very real to me, you know. Yeah, and, totally. And I think, and uh, so much, so many of us in the in watching her need to see that. You know, it 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 needs to be a little less formal and have her go, y'all. Listen, if you at all, because then that makes the naysayers go. You know what? She's fucking right. You mean these fuckers knew on January twenty eighth that this was going down and they never told us? Man, we could have sold Mama's tractor or we could have bibbity bobbity bob to help protect us, but they didn't. You know, that's what makes her very real to me. Everybody is going to make mistakes. Everybody is going to have to backtrack. It's so annoying when they ask you the next question and go, okay, let me go back. And it's like, oh, girl, you know, I mean, the white man did it more than she did. But I love when she said, "Uh uh-uh, Susan, Uh uh-uh, he is slamming my character. We got to fix this right the fuck now. So I am not going to be lectured by the vice president about how I do my job. And that was good. You know, it's well, like especially since
2: to- she was a federal prosecutor and the attorney general of California. You know, it's like don't tell a lawyer over here how to act and what to say because she will exactly. rip him apart with his well, with yes. his you know pink eye, watery coronavirus looking thing. The thing that's scary. Well, first of all, I am not one of those people that thinks that. You know, he's scarier than Trump. You know how some people say, oh, my God, Pence will be worse than Trump. No, he won't, first of all. Pence is a career politician. He's not going to do anything stupid like Trump does. He's not going to embarrass the country like Trump does because, you know, he talks in this very measured Ralph. I am mm-hmm. telling you now that I'm a racist, but I will, and I'll also slit your throat. But it's mm-hmm. all good because we're reunited under, you see what I mean? Like he's able to say pretty much the, a lot of the same things Trump says, but he does it in a much more uh, calm manner. But mm-hmm. I keep saying, I'm ready for the fake politicians again. I, after four years of this chaos, I just want someone that gets up there, and is polite to people, lets the journalists ask questions, you know, uh, pretends that he gives a shit. I really don't care at this point. I, wanna, I well, want to, I want somebody to get up there and not embarrass the country.
1: Well, yeah, and that's what Kamala was saying. Biden will do. He knows yes. how. He when they ask the question, what. How will you run the country? What makes your administration the one to be the leader is because we know how to talk to people and communicate. And just like you're saying, Jasper, it's all about communication. If you and I are having a conversation and go, Jasper, I, honey, I, I just can't agree with that because blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But if I'm going to land base you and cut into you, that's when you're going to become defensive and cut my mic off you know, right. and stop paying me to do the show every week. You know, So I'm oh. not going to do that. You know, yeah, we'll talk about it. <laughs> but oh, yeah. right, <laughs> no, Oh wow, I guess
2: if, I guess I forgot a lot lately. I didn't realize. Yeah, yeah, you. Well, have, you know that I'm was. Sure. But but again, once you once you got the 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 gig, remember once you were made the permanent co-host, um, that's not renegotiable for, for another year. So any terms that we agree to. Um, that won't be addressed until next year.
1: Well, so that's good. I'm like RBG, honey. I'm not going any the fuck where. This shit is for life, goddammit. it. You know, so oh, so um, you're yeah, I, you're like
2: you, this is a a Supreme Court nomination for you.
1: Right, it's, <laughs> you are judge and jury
2: for life.
1: Oh my goodness, listen. I really, you know, me, you know me, who is um, the I'm
0: binary. not politically
1: savvy like you and Erica are. And so, for me to be so excited last night to watch this, I had roses. We had our dinner. We were in front of this TV. Wa- Rose watched and understood things. You know, that's what she I did. Was ver- yeah, I was very proud of Kamala. And you know, because Michael knew oh, her also, it it was a very nice thing to be talking to Michael and going, Michael, look at your friend. She's on fucking. Seventy million viewers, you know, which is fifty-five more than um, when I was on Desperate Housewives. <laughs> but I hate talking about myself and boomeranging. Wait, I you were that. on
2: Desperate? You were on Desperate Housewives? I, you know, thank you for bringing well, it up.
1: Yes, I oh was. Oh my God, yes, I Ralph! I mm-hmm. didn't. Where can people see that? Well, you can go to YouTuber and you can um, go to my. Well, you know, or when Google. we have
2: more time on another show, but it looks like we are all out of time. We are right at the. Ooh, look at the time. So, everybody, please. Ooh, where does it go? Make sure,
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> make sure you tune in. Now, everyone, please follow us on social media. Jasper Cole says, S A Y S, also at Ralph Cole Jr. You can go to jaspercole.com. There's the link to the show. Um, everyone, be safe. Social distance. Wear your mask. Wear your shields, panty shields, and face shields. Uh, put, your hand, put your put your poise pads on. Get your shields on. It depends your, on you. Get your get your UGG boots on. Your swimming goggles. Get your hula hoops and your swim caps ready because. Um. You, Lookout world, here we come, and we we will be
1: back next Thursday,
2: everyone. Bye bye, take care. Bye bye. Thanks for checking out one on one with Jasper Cole. Check out past episodes and get the latest as they're released. Subscribe today on iTunes, Stitcher,
0: and YouTube.